This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Game over. The bird got disrespected. It's a wrap. We're done. Just like that. You know, I shouldn't be too surprised that the Eagles lost. I mean, Tampa Bay was the better team, but I just thought, you know, the Eagles' style of play and, you know, Jalen Hurts playing loose, or I expected him to play loose, I thought that would give the Bucks some problems and that they would shock the world. But couldn't pull it off. Got down 31 to nothing. Now, of course, they gave up a touchdown opening drive. No surprise. They went three and out after that. That was a surprise. And that was doomed because I knew that our best chance of winning was controlling the clock. And we didn't do that. Like two three and outs. That's not that's not how you do it. That's just that just spells shootout. You're automatically playing from behind. We got down 14 to nothing. You got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding. But the bird, that's the end of their world. They're done in 2022. I, You know what, man? My joke was, or my, my thing was, that the Cowboys ceiling was a second round. The Eagles ceiling was a second round. But, but most people would say that the Eagles ceiling was the wild card. I mean, I guess, man. It's just, once again, Jalen Hurts had another slow start, had another rough game, and had all type of people, including them cute girls I I always bring up, got all them people calling for his job, saying he's not an NFL quarterback, saying we should, like, get a Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or something, Deshaun Watson, Basically, anybody but Jalen. Just like that. Turning them just like that. And it's no excuses. The Eagles had everyone healthy. But how many times am I going to sit up here and watch Jalen Hurts miss, like, miss receivers? Like, he missed, what is that guy's name? He missed Quez Watkins. On a man-to-man route, it kind now to be fair, he had two people open. He had Jalen Rager who broke open. It was a man-to-man. This was early in the game. This is man-to-man. I think he was looking at Quez, but he didn't break open soon enough. The pocket was collapsing. Jalen Rager broke open. It was an easier throw, and we couldn't even complete that. But if he had hit Quez Watkins in stride. And that man-to-man, it looked like they was playing a cover zero. It He would have had him. And Quiz Watkins is fast. He would have been gone. He might would have scored. That's one play. The play where um the cornerback slipped. This was the interception in the end zone. The cornerback slipped. Jalen Hurts sees Devontae Smith. A little too late. He throws it. He kind of lobs it. And it's picked off by the cornerback. But a part of me believes that if Devontae Smith would have stopped before the end zone, maybe Jalen Hurts just bullets it towards the sideline. And Devontae Smith is able to, like, make a move on the safety who is crashing in. He probably would have dove and not made the tackle. Instead, it's a pick, and everyone hates Jalen. But it's okay. I mean, everyone is entitled to bad games. Like, Jalen Hurts, there were some really bad throws. There were some people he missed. Just the missed opportunities on third down and then the turnovers, the penalties. It's basically the bad version of the Eagles offense. The one where we're not running the ball, we're committing penalties, we're making bad throws at a quarterback. We're dropping passes. 
all that stuff. All that stuff happened. And Jalen Rager fumbled. Got him. Got people saying he's a bust. I mean, it, people have been saying Rager has been a bust from the beginning. So that didn't help his case that he fumbled a punt. That he, you know, they say he shouldn't be back there. But, I mean, he got pretty good speed. Good NFL speed. So that's why he's back there. Um, Jalen Hurts was 23 for 43, uh, barely competed, completed 50% of his passes for 258 yards and a touchdown. But I swear to you, I swear to you, most of those yards came in the second half. But guess what? I still believe in Jalen Hurts because let me remind you, he brought my team back from 28 to 3. Now the coaches are saying that they've that he's done enough to be the starting quarterback next year. I don't believe them. That's cap. Because once they once they go through the offseason process, once they start evaluating draft picks and free agents and trades, they're gonna try to get someone to either compete with Jalen or or replace him. I don't believe what they say. I say they should give Jalen at least one more year. I mean, for freak's sakes. I mean, he's a second-year player. His third year, who knows what he can do. With another all-season of work and a chance for him to kind of digest what went wrong in the Tampa Bay game and, and whatever went wrong the entire season, just give him another chance. I say give him another chance. Get some late round rookie to be behind him. Like, come on, man. Jalen Hurst is like that. And he did get us to the playoffs. And he did improve pretty, not dramatically, but he did improve late in the season. So give him another year, maybe two, because the rookie contracts four years. They obviously not going to pick up his fifth year option. Unless he goes absolutely bonkers within the next two years, they're not gonna re- they're not gonna give him that fifth year option. And basically, man, he got a year to prove himself. He got a year, maybe two, to prove himself. If he's really that guy, like I think he is, he'll uh, rise up to the challenge, and he'll get our birds to new heights. You know, I can't wait to see it. Because you're going to respect the word. And that is the word. Got three first-round picks. Spend it all on defense. Couldn't stop Brady. Derek Carr was almost perfect against us. We were we went toe-to-toe with Justin Herbert, but couldn't stop him when it was all said and done. We should have won that game. But... We gave up too many yards, end up dropping it. Like, let's let's get some more corners in here. Let's get some linebackers. Let's get another safety. Let's go. If we got to get offensive players, I don't know, man. Maybe get another receiver or uh, a backup guard or tackle. Like, we need to focus on defense. Let's quit messing around. I don't see any quarterback outside of Kenny Pickett that is worth picking in the first round. So what are we doing? They're going to respect this bird. We made them respect it for a little bit, but at the end, it was all disrespect. It wasn't all love. So it's all good. We're going to get them. We're going to get them. All right, now, you know what made that Eagles loss better? The Cowboys lost. Ha-ha. <laughs> Boy, they took that L. I'll give them credit for fighting. They were down 23-7. They were pretty much losing the entire time. And then at the end, it, what happened is exactly what I thought was going to happen. Jimmy G started loafing. Jimmy G started choking. Jimmy G started hoping that the Cowboys didn't come back. Now, 
the 49ers had a chance to ice the clock up six. And they had a very questionable false start from Trent Williams. Can you say he wasn't set? Um, ah, that's something I'd let go. But it's the playoffs. It's the NFL. Um, Maybe you can't let that one go. I don't think it was that big of a deal. But they called it. It knocked them out of, you know, getting that fourth and one. They punted it. And the Cowboys almost made it happen. But I don't know why Dak Prescott didn't run out of bounds. I don't know why Dak Prescott didn't run out of bounds. Why did he run straight up the middle? Go out of bounds, boy. He thought he had enough time to spike it and get a deep pass into the end zone. Lies. You did not. So you take that L. You take that L sandwich with a soup on the side. Take this L, boy. And I'm so glad because Cowboys fans were sad. And I feel like Dr. Seuss today. It ain't bad. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, listen, bro. Like, for real. Like, I love it. I absolutely love it. And just seeing these Cowboys fans' faces had me dying. Seeing Shannon Sharp and Stephen A. Smith go off had me crying. I loved it, man. And after the Cowboys fans talk all that trash about us losing, they got instant karma. And that kind of evened things out for me that day. Uh... I thought the Cowboys were going to win because, like I said, Jimmy G turned the ball over. He ended up choking. The Cowboys stopped the run when they had to. And they almost stole it. That game almost went exactly how I thought it would go. But the 49ers pulled it out. Everyone in the division is enjoying the Cowboys' misery. To a lesser degree, the Eagles' misery, too. Cause they that was that was a warm up for all the Washington sitcom and New York trash can fans. It was a warm up. The Eagles, the bird losing, but then the Cowboys lost, and then it was just an all out party in the streets. Shame. I mean, I I did notice that the umpire was messing them up on two minute situations, and um, not even two minute situations, but just. Like when the Cowboys did that fake punt and they were trying to get people on the field, the umpire kind of stood in front of the ball and then they got a delay a game. I was like, what is he doing? And then after that, the Cowboys did that ill-advised QB sneak or QB run and the umpire was slow once again and stood over the ball and let time go off the clock. It sucks that they keep the clock running when the umpire stands over the ball, but, I mean, ain't nothing in the rule that say we got to stop the clock when the umpire stands over the ball. But that kind of that kind of hurt them. But then again, they could have, like, not messed around when they converted the fake punt. I don't know why they kept their punt unit on the field. It just looked like a mess. And then on that last play, I don't know why Dak didn't run out of bounds. Did you really think he really underestimated how much eight seconds is, how fast eight seconds go? It's just like Madden. You try to do anything in the last two minutes, 10 seconds coming off that clock, trying to get everyone lined up. I don't care how fast you press Y. 10 seconds, it, 10 seconds is going to go by. You messed up, Cowboys fans. You messed up, Dak Prescott. You messed up, Mike McCartney. Mike McCarthy. Oh, a lot of criticism coming his way, too. Oh, man. I can understand why the Cowboys would be mad at the refs, but man, oh, man. It's too bad, so sad. <laughs> you lost. And you on the couch with us. The whole NFC East. 
watching the rest of the playoffs at home on the couch. Just shut it. We'll see. We'll see everybody next year. That's all I gotta say. All right. Let's see. Rams Cardinals. I guess I'll touch on the other games a little bit. Didn't really get to watch the Raiders Bengals, but I liked how it ended. Derek Carr with the interception backbreaker, man. It seemed like the Raiders were fighting. I was listening to it on the radio, and it's just like the Raiders were kicking a lot of field goals. I was like, what are they doing? They just can't convert. And usually it's – and it's, I think I was watching the beginning, and the Raiders had no problem driving down the field, and then they stall out in field goal range, and they kick a field goal. I'm pretty sure that's how the whole game went. So their defense did just enough because they do have a decent defense, especially with Max, Max Crosby, who is one of the best pass rushers in the league. Um, they got him. So their defense is decent. So they did enough to hold the Bengals within seven in that last, you know, quarter. Once again, Raiders easily drove down the field, but instead of a field goal, picked off. Shame. Happy for Bengals fans. I heard that they have never won a road playoff game in their entire franchise history. And I'm thinking about them really good Bengals teams in the 80s. I'm like, okay, when they went to the Super Bowl, I think it was 81 when they beat the Chargers. They were at home. That game where it was like freezing cold after the Chargers played in the blistering heat. They had to play the next week in the, you know, Crazy cold. Yeah, the Bengals were at home. Them really good Bengals teams, they had home field advantage. I just realized that. But they're really talented. They got really talented offense, a bend but don't break defense. Not bad. Uh, I wish I had watched more of that game. I need to go back and watch the highlights. But, dang, it's just a shame, man. That, that was probably... The best game of the weekend. Uh, Patriots-Bills went exactly how I thought it would, but a little bit worse. I knew that the Patriots could not do anything with the Bills. I knew the Bills were going to beat them handily. I predicted that they were going to win by double digits, and that's what they did. I knew they had too much firepower for the Patriots. I knew they weren't going to let the Patriots run the ball and make a Basically, an atrocity of the game by just running the ball 30, 40 times and running the clock. I knew the Bills weren't going to let them do that. I knew it was going to be a lot like the second game where the Bills just threw all over the yard and got out to a big lead and just held on. This time, they just straight up ran them out of the, off the field. They did whatever they wanted on offense. On defense, they forced turnovers. And they didn't let them run the ball. They made Mac Jones throw the ball. With similar conditions as the first game, that was just an abomination. And an aberration. The Bills made it happen. Uh, and, and I knew it. Uh, let's see what other game happened. So I've been through four of them. The Chiefs and Steelers, I was wrong about. I thought the Steelers were going to be competitive. They were for like the first quarter and a half. And then the Chiefs started to warm up. And then the second half, they were just playing with them. They just did whatever they wanted. They doing tight end passes. They doing reverses. They throwing to linemen. They just being disrespectful. Like, it just, they were just being disrespectful. And Ben was just the same as he had always been all season, which wasn't enough. Najee Harris kept in check. So that's all recipe for a blowout. The Chiefs look really comfortable. They got the Steelers up out of there. I would have much rather seen the Chargers. I would have much rather seen the Colts. I would have much rather seen the Dolphins than the Steelers in that situation. 
But, you know, I fell into the trap. I thought T.J. Watt and that pass rush. And at first, they were they were doing the damn thing. They got up 7 nothing, but then the Chiefs just turned up and just showed that I guess my initial thoughts about this game before thinking about it were right, that the Steelers didn't belong on the field with the Chiefs. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people were thinking that about the Eagles and Bucks, but, you know, whatever. Uh, both games turned out to be a joke and a mismatch and question why you even uh, expand these playoffs. <laughs> oh, man. There's one game I'm missing here. The Rams and the Cardinals. That's the last one, right? Yeah. So the Rams and the Cardinals. Um, Very disappointing. It was basically like, just like the Bills and Patriots, it's kind of like the second meeting where, you know, the Rams dominated the line of scrimmage. Did whatever they wanted. Kyler Murray just didn't look good. He threw some interception where, of course, he was under pressure because they just can't block that D-line. Of course, he was under pressure in his own end zone, tried to throw it away. Matt Stafford, ironically, did something similar, and so did Carson Wentz. But he did one of those numbers, picked off, touchdown. It was pretty much a wrap from there. I think it was 21 nothing at that point. Um, I knew it was going to be a problem when the Rams start just running the ball. They run the ball. They couldn't stop Cooper Cup. They couldn't stop OBJ. And just like the, the Chiefs, they were just being disrespectful, having fun, doing running back passes and stuff. It was just a mismatch. It was a mismatch. Just couldn't block that D-line. It's just the Cardinals had no chance. Kyler Murray had no time. And he couldn't really run the ball because I guess he was hurt. So it was just a disaster. I I was hoping the Cardinals would uh, go far. But no DeAndre Hopkins. Injuries on the offensive line. It's caught up to him. And, you know, the whole Cliff Kingsbury having terrible records in the second half of the season. Texas Tech, I understand, no defense at all. I'll never forget one time in the second half of a a Texas Tech season, they lost to a below-average Iowa State team 42-10 with Patrick Mahomes. Game over. Wow. That's terrible. And with the Cardinals, okay, rebuilding team. Then the next year, they had a solid team that started off well once again. This year, this was supposed to be the year. You start off 7-0. The defense is a little bit better. Your offense is stacked. And then the injuries happen. You get figured out a little bit. And then it's just the same old, same old. So, it's just a shame, man. I expected more from the Cardinals. But, I mean, the Rams are a really talented team. They're loaded on offense and defense. They got crazy defensive line. They got crazy receivers. They got Tyler Higby as well at tight end. They got Cam Akers back who was killing the Cardinals. Now, I'm just interested to see how this divisional is going to go. So I'm going to get right into the predictions. All right, this is on the spot, off the head, freestyling. So let's just start with Bengals and Titans, who Joe Burrow's on my screen right now because I'm looking at uh, Speak for Yourself on Fox Sports 1. But uh, <laughs> all right, man, I got Bengals, Titans. Okay, I'm going to go with the Titans 31-21. At the end of the day, they're a more complete team. And history isn't on the Bengals' side, playing on the road. I know this is a special team, but I think the moment's going to be too big 
for the Bengals and the Titans will be too much with the return of Derrick Henry. So I'm 31-21 Titans. Uh, so now, actually, no, I'll give the Bengals three more points. So 31-24 Titans. All right, so now the next one, I think it's the 49ers and Packers. I know Packers, you know, this this ain't history any on the Packers side either. I can't remember the last time the Packers beat the 49ers in the playoffs. Going back to T.O. versus Brett Favre. I can't remember the last time they beat the Packers. They beat the 49ers in the playoffs. Rodgers have lost to Kaepernick twice. We never forget the divisional, not divisional, the NFC Championship from a few years ago where the 49ers rushed for a million yards and made uh, Raheem Mostert a household name. Never forget that. But um, these guys had a crazy, a sick game not too long ago uh, earlier this season because I was listening to it on the radio during one of my lift sessions. And it was a great game. But what really got on my nerves was just the way that the 49ers lost. They take the lead. They leave Aaron Rodgers not that much time. But Aaron Rodgers complete two dig routes to a hobbled Devontae Adams on two dig routes. Like the exact same play. Killed him. And I'm just like, are you serious, man? I was like, y'all couldn't stop that same play. You know who you're going to, and you still couldn't stop it. He got that second long dig route, and then they kicked the field goal and, and to win the game. And I'm just like, you have got to be kidding. You have got to be kidding. But hopefully this game is as good as the last one. Um, I, I'm pledging to watch one or two of these games, but two of these games I'm going to have to fade because, you know, I got work to do. So I'm probably going to watch Bengals and Titans and, um, Bills and Chiefs. I'll probably watch the AFC games or I could flip it around. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I gotta, I gotta look at the schedule and see. Which one I'm gonna watch? Because two of these games I'm probably just gonna have to settle for listening to on the radio. Because time is of the essence. But I kind of went on a tangent. 49ers, Packers. Man, I got. Um, I'm gonna go with the Packers because they're just the better team. I want the 49ers to win. Just to crush Emily's hopes, my, my Green Bay Packers friend. And to just <laughs> have Packers fans scrambling. But Packers are a better team. They're probably going to win. Uh, I got 37-27 Packers. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rams and Bucks. <sighs> Man, this is like a coin flip, bro. I don't want to go against the GOAT. But, man, I'm going to go against the GOAT, man. I, I just got a strong feeling that the Rams are going to win, are going to steal this one. Just way too much talent on both sides of the ball. And, you know, it's going to catch up to Brady and them. And it's just just too much, too much. Uh, if Stafford can take care of the ball, it's going to be rough for the Bucks to win. I got 27 28. I got 28-27 Rams with the upset. So then we got last game, Bills and Chiefs. I think the Bills finally do it. They get over the hump. I think they get over the hump 28-21. Got 28-21 Chiefs. Get over the hump in Kansas City. So... Yep, so I got Titans, I got Titans, Bills, and Packers, Rams. So let's see what happens, man. Uh, 
Would love for the Bucks to win, though, because I would love to see Brady get number eight because, you know, he just – the GOAT conversation has been over for a while, but now he just – just he'll just be playing with y'all with number eight. It'll be some Jordan type of stuff. So I'd love to see it, but it's just going to be tough going against that Rams team. And then if you beat the Rams, you got most likely the Packers waiting for you. I mean, I, I just don't like that. I would love to see the, the Bucks beat both of these teams. But it's going to be tough. So looking forward to it, man. It's going to be fun. All right, so now let's talk about the Wizards. Let's talk about them Wizards. So, they beat the Sixers. Thank God. So, they beat the Sixers, which came to a shock to me. But I was talking to one of these uh, Sixers fans, and they were like, it's not really a surprise to me because we have a bunch of people out. And we had just played our third game in four days. And I was like, you know what? That's fair. I was like, MB can't do it all. Because I expected MB to destroy us. And he did. He had 32 and 8. And, you know, the Wizards have only beaten the Sixers once. Well, now twice. Once in two years. So history wasn't on our side once again. And, um,. I just wasn't expecting a victory. I, I I was joking with Sixers fans. I mean, I follow some of these Sixers fans because they're Eagles fans. But um, I was telling them that this is a free win. This is a free win for them because we ain't going to beat them. I was like, we're up and down. We haven't been playing anybody. I assumed Bradley Bill was going to be out. He played against the Sixers. He only had 13 points, but he played. We don't have our coaches. They're in COVID protocol. I just thought they was going to wash us. They didn't. And props to the Wizards. And then they had a really valiant effort against the um, the Nets. And I was there. Uh, I had to show up at halftime because I had a social league game. So we had a social league game. Got blown out. Lost by 39. I didn't get going until the second half. By then, it was too late. We was already getting destroyed. Couldn't stop the fast break. That's how that game went. So I took an Uber because that's the fastest way I could get to the stadium before halftime. So I went over there, showed up to the Wizards down 12. That's fine. But Kyrie had 22 and LaMarcus Aldridge had 19. You have got to be kidding. First of all, it was crazy that Kyrie gets to play in D.C. with the new vaccine mandate. But, I mean, I guess this is an NBA thing that if you're a visiting player, those rules don't really apply to you. So, I guess that makes sense. They don't live here. And, you know, and, and also about the the vaccine rule to enter in Capital One Arena in place like this. Well, if you don't have a vaccine card, you have to provide like a negative test or something. And the NBA does. That's what the NBA does. Like the NBA just they test all the time. So, boom, their protocols made it easy for Kyrie to play. And I miss most of his 30 points because I only showed up in the second half. But we couldn't guard him. The only reason he slowed down the second half. It's because he took less shots. He took less shots, and then the shots he did take, he was missing. So he kind of fell back a little bit. But LaMarcus Aldridge and Patty Mills killed the Wizards in the second half. But what kept the Wizards in it was they kept the game within 15 in the fourth quarter, and then that's when they started hitting shots. Trez started getting his dunks in. And we started defending. That was the key. That's what really, really brought us back is we started defending. And the next thing you know, the games went five. It's winning three. And then, like, the games within one, I think we tied it at one point. But, I mean, let me speak on this. Because the Nets assistant coach touched the ball that was 
looked like it was going to a Wizards player or out of bounds. Instead, he touches it. It stays in play, and a Nets player picks it up. No call. No call. I was so mad. I have never been that mad over a referee call or no call in my life because it was that bad of a miss. I'm like, did you not see the coach touch it? I was already mad about the rest because James Harden pushed off, I don't know, like nine or ten times just in the third quarter alone. So I was already a little annoyed with the officiating. And then that happened, and I'm just like, you have got to be kidding. I think they scored right after that. Um, But at the end of the day, I was thinking, you know, at first, I was like, who cares about what the assistant coach did? Sure, he shouldn't have stuck his hand out there. But I was like, the ref should have made a call when it happened. It might have would have made a difference because that ball was supposed to be ours. That gave them an advantage. Him tipping the ball gave the Nets an advantage in an undeserved steal. You have got to be kidding. He got a $10,000 fine, and we haven't heard what happened to the official. Hopefully, he got suspended because that was bad. And it might have cost us the game. Now, I love that Kyle Kuzma hit that shot to bring us within one and had a chance to win the game at the end. But, man, I calls like that and then Montrez missing free throws, just a heartbreaker, man. The, the Nets stole that one. But we play them again very, very soon. We played them twice, actually. One of those games in Brooklyn... I'm pretty sure I got to work. And another one of them games in D.C. I don't know what they doing, bro. Anyway, as I was saying, I don't know what I was doing. Anyway, I think one of them games I have to work and another one of them games I could go, but I'm iffy about it. So, two more games against the Nets. One of them games they'll have Kyrie and maybe another one of them games they'll have Kevin Durant. Uh... It's going to be tough, man. It's not going to be easy. Uh, Let's see. But the Wizards, they got everyone healthy. Everyone's back. I've never seen this team this fully healthy. Now we just need our uh, coaches back, and we're good. I hope. They're in eighth place, pretty much the same spot they was in last year. If the playoffs started today, they'd be playing against the Hornets, a team we struggled to beat. So, I, in Charlotte, I don't know about that game. I know we beat them the last time we played, but I don't know. We we struggled with that team, and I just don't think we can beat them. But, you know, we're in the mix. I mean, we're behind Cleveland a few games for that sixth spot. But do we really want to be in six? Look who's waiting for us at six, the Brooklyn Nets. They're the third seed. Yeah, no. No, you're talking about possibly playing the big three at home. Like, that's not even though we be at home and the Wizards fans show up for playoff games. I still don't like that against a basically a fully loaded Nets team. That would be a disaster. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But then again, if we want to do anything in the playoffs, eventually you're going to have to get through Miami. Brooklyn, Milwaukee, or uh, Chicago, like, period. You got to get through one of those four if you want to do anything in the playoffs. So, I guess, I I mean, it is what it is. (laughs) Even if we get through the play-in tournament, look who's waiting for us. The Bucks, the Bulls. (laughs) I'd rather play the Bulls. But the Bucks, the defending champs, I don't know. Might be the Nets. Still. All right. All right, Caps. So the Caps beat the Jets, the Winnipeg Jets, after they got down 2-0. I was like, here we go again, just giving up goals at a rapid pace. But credit to them, they battled back. They got up 3-2. I don't know why they gave up that last-minute goal to send it to overtime. 
but late. I said late in the midnight hour. We had a Kunetsov to Tom Wilson for a game-winning goal, 26 seconds in. Beautiful. Finally won an overtime game. Every time we get to overtime, we lose. Unless it's a shootout. Finally, one for seven in overtime games. Probably would have been one for eight if that game against the Bruins went to overtime. You know, I was going to complain about the cap cycle once again, but I'm looking at these games and... Well, we're still going on a bit of a slump. So, I mean, maybe maybe the uh, cap cycle is still intact. I mean, but, I mean, come on. Like, we were in first in December. Before the new year, we were in first. We were in first place. Now, we're out of the top three in the Metropolitan. We're a wild card. We're the first wild card. So if the playoffs started today, I'm guessing we would play against either the Rangers or Tampa Bay. Uh, I'd take the Rangers, yeah. But Tampa Bay, I don't know. So, yeah. We were doing good. Now we're falling back. But maybe it still is a cap cycle where we... You know, the mid-season slump part of the cap cycle. But, hey, hey, at least they won some games in January, okay? They beat they beat the, um, the Jets in miraculous fashion. They beat, they beat somebody that I, I really enjoyed them beating. They won 2-0 against somebody. It's not, it's not coming up right now. <laughs> I'll try to do it, bro. It's not it's not coming up right now, but they beat somebody 2-0 and I absolutely loved it. Uh But yeah, that's pretty much it. They got like two wins this month. And Well, they're staying afloat, but they're on that part of the cap cycle where it's starting to come full circle and usually ends with them losing in the playoffs. Uh that's what, you know, takes the joy out of them winning a game like they did against the Jets where they just battled back and just had a fantastic finish. I mean, but I guess that's why you got to stay in the present. If you stay in the present with this team, you'd be happy because they'll have some good wins. They'll play some good hockey sometimes. And uh, Alexander Ovechkin would just keep being great because he leads the league in points right now. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's 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 pretty much it, man. The Caps just gonna be the Caps. And the team that they beat two zero was the Islanders. Love that, love that. Can't stand the Islanders. Ever since they took Barry Trotz and then beat us in the playoffs. I haven't liked them since. So, yeah. All right, man. No hypothetical this week. I got an idea for next week, but I don't know if I'm going to put that together. Howard almost beat Notre Dame. That game ended up being everything I could ever imagine and more, and I didn't go because I was basically lazy. I didn't really – it didn't really snow that much, if I'm not mistaken. It barely snowed. The roads were fine. I could have went out there. The roads weren't perfect, but I could have went out there. I could have went there. Could have got me a cheap ticket. Howard games are no more than $20. Could have saw that game. The attendance, I saw the capacity was 2500 and it was only like 1,200 people there. I could have easily got me a seat there, especially if I showed up early. But I didn't go. I watched it on TV. I faded the Sixers and Wizards. And rightfully so. Uh, it was a great game. Back and forth. The Howard was never out of it. Because the way they defended. And the way their young guys played. I mean Kyle Foster looked like he's been there forever. But he wasn't the star of this game. Uh, Settle. Settle was. He had 25. 
Settle and Elijah Hawkins. Like, they were the stars of this game. Elijah Hawkins almost won it for him, especially with that step back three at the end. When it was up in the air, boy, I was like, oh, please, please, please. It missed, and I was like, damn. But I was proud of their effort. I thought they were going to get blown out because my history with Howard against good teams isn't good, but they played Georgetown tough. And um, they've been playing most people tough. They beat North Carolina A&T. And they really had a good chance of winning that Notre Dame game because of the way they defended. Now, that last play where they were only down one, they didn't have to foul, they let this guy, um, Preston Hub, or Preston Hub, I think that's his name, they let him score. With a little, he lulled the defender to sleep, then drove to the rim and then just laid it up over a, a shot blocker. I was like, man, damn. He made it look easy. <laughs> you know what, man? It was a close game, and they really tried, man. I wish they would have won. I loved all the history lessons I got from that game and all the talk about MLK and Gus Johnson with his piece. Man, they need to do that again. I don't know who they're going to bring in for their MLK opponent because remember now, the Wizards play on MLK Day, but so do Howard. So both teams play, and they're both on the same street, by the way, if you know DC. So we got to do this again next year. I wonder who's the opponent going to be next year. Usually, well, well, the two years before that, they had uh, Ivy League opponents. But I would love to see maybe, nah, it's, that's not going to happen. I was going to say maybe we get a Duke up in there. But nah, I don't think Duke would do that. But then again, I mean, who knows? I'm, I might be surprised. But, yeah, uh, hey, shout out to the coaching staff out there, Howard. Coach Blakeney is a DeMatha guy. He worked with, he's a Duke guy. And just like uh Coach Bray, he's a DeMatha guy and a Duke guy as well. So those guys have a connection, so it was easy for them to make this game happen. And both teams played great. They played hard. And that was a hell of a game to watch on TV. It exceeded my expectations. I need to go back and watch it again. It was that good. Great, solid basketball. I never would have imagined a team like Notre Dame would come play at Bird Gymnasium. But they did, and it was a great game. Loved it. So hopefully next year, Howard, I don't know. My dream would be for them to get Duke, Texas, or Oklahoma in there. But, you know, it'll probably be an Ivy League team or maybe Hampton. Now, Hampton, yeah, that would be great if they would play Hampton on MLK. The stands would be packed. There's nothing like a Howard-Hampton game. I'm telling you. It's the HBCU version of Michigan, Ohio State, or OU Texas. <laughs> uh, speaking of OU, uh, last topic, because no hypothetical. Because I was supposed to do a hypothetical game of the episode and a podcast rap. Of course, I procrastinated and didn't prepare or work on either of those, so nothing's going to happen. So, okay, OU women's basketball is ranked. I just came up with that top of my head. But seriously, though, they're ranked. They beat Baylor, which doesn't happen often. They beat Baylor. They just won another game. They're just winning games left and right. And this new coach, Jenny Baranchak, you know, the hot mid-major coach, you, you you know how Joe Castiglione does. That's how he got his last two men's basketball coaches. Like, Lon Kruger was coaching with UNLV, so he got him up in there. You know, they were really good. Then Joe Castiglione got the Loyola Chicago coach, and they've been really good lately. So, you know, got to get the great mid-major coach. I think – uh. Jenny Baranchek's major team that escapes me right now. 
their team only lost like one or two games. So they were really good. So she knows what she's doing, man. And they're, they're doing pretty good. I need to check them out sometime. As far as the men's side, well, they got, they're got they on a bit of a losing streak. But this is the Big 12. It's a lot of opportunity to battle back and to get ranked. Um, losing to Baylor ain't no shame in that. Losing to Texas at Texas. I wish they would have won that game because it's Texas. But Texas is ranked. They're at home. We didn't shoot well. Okay, I, I get it. We lost. Uh, the Kansas game, I talked a little trash to one of my Eagles fans, Twitter friends that likes Kansas. There's two of them I know. One of them forgot about me and she didn't say anything, thank God. The other one, I kind of started something with her and she came back to me and rightfully so. And, you know, they escaped. They escaped because Christian Brown or Braun, whatever his name is, he killed us with a three, a contested three. They, they got on my nerves. A contested three and two free throws pretty much got them the victory and made me mad. I'm just like, man, we had him. But, hey, you know, we'll get him next time. This is a tough league. The Sooners playing like they belong. Every game they've been competitive, except maybe against Texas. I don't know what they were doing against Texas. But, you know, they've been competitive in almost every game. So I like their chances in every game we play. Seeing how they played against Baylor and against Kansas gives me confidence that they can win in Lawrence at Allen Fieldhouse in February. Super Bowl weekend, Valentine's Day weekend. I'll be there. I can't wait. Hopefully, the Sooners take what they did against Kansas this time and build upon it. Um, They do that. And hopefully, we can do something that we haven't really done since the early 90s, and that's win at Kansas. Let's see what happens, man. But, you know, that's the end of the episode, so you already know. That I'm out. Peace. Psych I lie. Go to GoatLevelTees.com for all things Goat Level. You already know that I'm out for real. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.